hello, good morning, and welcome to this week's Serving of Mickey Waffles, a Disney podcast where we cover everything from parks, movies, and merchandise. My name is Sinead. My name is Kate. Welcome back, guys. Happy New Year. Yay! <laughs> when is it inappropriate to stop, to like, still be saying Happy New Year? I think we're good considering we've not seen anyone that's listening to this. Do we normally see people that listen to this? You know what I mean? Like, we've not talked to you guys since the New Year, so now you can say Happy New Year. Happy we, New Year. But we won't say it again. I feel like you can continue saying it until like at least mid-February. If you've not seen people since before Christmas. Is Valentine's Day like the cutoff? Yeah, I think Valentine's Day is a good cutoff. Okay. Are we all in agreement? Yes. <laughs> and agreed and we move on. Okay. Happy, hi guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's been a while. It has been a while. But you know, shit happened. It's been a few weeks. <laughs> Did you have a nice Christmas, Kate? Like, yeah, sure. It yeah. was nice. I, I ate so much food. Fair. It was great. Did you get any Disney-related presents? Mm, my mom got me a Disney calendar. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So is it that Thomas Kincaid? No, man it's not that everyone talks about. It's, it's not that one. That one was beside the one I got. Oh. Because um, we were in the calendar shop, and my mom actually saw this one in the window, and was like, "We should go in and have a look at it." And I was like, oh, "Okay." So I was like, "Right, gotcha. Okay." So we went in and had a look. And I had, there was all the Thomas Kincaid stuff. Mm. And I was like, oh, but they were like, I really like the Thomas Kincaid stuff, but it's, it's a bit much. It is a bit much sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't really know. But then to the right was like this, um, it, they're like vintage posters. Oh, cool. But like the calendar is like this big poster style picture. Okay. And then it, a teeny tiny at the very top are all the dates of the month. Oh, cool. But then it's got like a perforated edge at the top so you can rip it off. And then you can frame it. Nice. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, cool. This will be nice. So it's got like Donald Duck. It's got like Snow White, Cinderella, Dumbo, Dalmatians, Peter Pan. It's got loads of them. So you can like rip cool. them off and frame them. So yeah, I was like, oh, there's a there's a chance I'll frame at least two of these. Yeah. So that, that was that was quite cute. Nice. I don't think I got any nails Disney too fast. Did nice. I? Did I? I got some mini mouse slippers. There you go. They're like, if anyone ever was around for when pennies made the big chip slippers the big white ones with the big chip on the front oh my god yes those big poofy ones same but mini mess so yeah <laughs> so now i now i also have now i i have the chip ones yeah and now i also have the mini vessels oh good lord yep i'm i didn't buy any of them for myself though so i mean well this is this is very true but yeah otherwise i'll g made it nearly to the end of the first month of the year and Wait. nothing awful has happened yet so we we strive and move on well for some um <laughs> Do you get anything cool for Christmas tonight? Um, Brefney holding on to his usual tradition got me some very nice Disney books. Um, so from his parents, okay, he bought it and then it arrived from his parents. Um, it's a like history of Disney costumes. Interesting book. It's basically, from what I can tell, it's a book of all the costumes and stuff and the whole expo that they did at D twenty three. Uh huh. Um, so there's a whole section about the Sanderson sister costumes, which obviously I'm obsessed with. Um, I haven't had a whole lot of time to like go through it in any depth, mm-hmm. but I'll go through and I'll pick out a couple pages and I will share that on the Instagram story. Um, we have a whole highlight about Disney books. If you are ever curious about some nice Disney books to pick up. I've still never gone through my Disney A to Z that I bought. Cause to be honest, <laughs> I kind of forgot I owned it. There you go. I've just also not had any time in my own house. Yeah. And anytime I do have my own house, I'm sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> so we got, that was from Brett's parents. And then from Brefney, he got me this really nice Mickey Mouse book. 
Um, and it goes through the kind of history of Mickey Mouse and the evolution of the character and all that good stuff. And one thing that he got me, which I will show you when we finish recording, is... Do you remember for the relaunch of Phantom Manor, they had that big wooden print with Phantom Manor on it? Yes. He basically bought me the equivalent of that, but it has Haunted Mansion on it and it has Hitchhiking Ghosts. Like that Haunted Mansion Oh, picture. wow. Cool. It's beautiful. Where is it living? And the minute it's living <laughs> on the floor, because I haven't found somewhere to put it yet, but that is my mission for the weekend. <laughs> Find somewhere to put it. Excellent. Because it, it's heavy, like it's wood. So mm. I need to proper like put something in the wall that'll keep it up there. <laughs> like a nail perhaps i know but i have like i have like these little like pin things that i use to hang everything else up but i don't think they'll be strong enough strong enough to hang it so i need to actually like fix it spend some time sorting that out but i think that was the only real like disney things that i acquired um as far as i'm aware oh ed got me a little your christmas decoration oh because we weren't really doing christmas presents because we went to disneyland oh fair so he got me this cute little your christmas decoration oh. and then the matching ones went into sale in easton's and so i might have also bought those <laughs> <laughs> i was like hey you know that thing you got me for christmas yeah i also bought the Wee the pooh and the ticker version <laughs> thanks bye <laughs> so now i have all three yay uh see so yeah that pretty much rides up up until now i think so yeah um bit of context um i had some family stuff go on so that's why the podcast hasn't been happening for the past few weeks and then she did some work stuff yeah so so really it's all <laughs> all of this is all my fault so until- i've been you know here every tuesday afternoon every tuesday evening i've been at this door and <laughs> <She's> been consistent <laughs> sitting outside like a sad puppy <laughs> waiting for Sinead to open the door <laughs> But unfortunately, work stuff is carrying on. So for the next little while, it's, we're going to be a, a bi-monthly podcast rather than... A weekly every, podcast. That's, I could not think of the word. Oh, sorry, I was mid you were waiting for me. No. I was like, no, I'm just yawning. Continue. Couldn't think of the word. <laughs> um, so yeah, I basically have to travel nonstop for the next kind of month and a half. So it's not all that feasible for us to be able to... Well, actually, it's not remotely feasible for us to record every week, so... It'll be every second week. Not unless I fly with you. <laughs> sure, why not? Just just sit in your hotel room <laughs> all day while you're at work. I just sit there patiently waiting. <laughs> oh, <don't> imagine <laughs> with the with the with the microphone setup. Anyway. <laughs> um. So yeah, we've oh obviously missed a lot of news while we've been away. But so we've, which, we've missed so much news that there's a lot of stuff we're just not going to mention at all because we assume that if you are in any way interested, you've probably done looked it up yourself. Yeah. So but, we're just going to do a quick roundup of like the last week like we normally do. Yeah. Recent news anyway. Because we, we went back so long. <laughs> yeah. we, we'd be here to start with the seasons and then go into like newsy bits. Ah, yes. Yeah. So, uh, at the moment in DLP, they have the Frozen season and Seasons of the Force. Yes. What do you think? <laughs> Where's the start? Um, we'll start with the Frozen season, because I think that's probably something that would bring more people to go. It's also spanning a much larger period of time. It started on the 11th of, of January. January, and it's a bit meh. From my point of view, anyway, it's a bit meh. I don't think you can call a parade a parade if there's only one float. And that's the only additional thing, other than, like, snacks. Yeah, because the Frozen show was happening before the Frozen season. Yeah. And they're not having an Elsa and Anna meet and greet. hmm So, that's it. Yeah. Like, you can't have a whole season 
by just doing an extra mini parade. Yeah. So what they are listing as the elements of the Frozen season is the Frozen float that's already in Stars on Parade. The animation celebration show that is already taking place. The Olaf meet and greet, which is already taking place by a line Bertie, which is causing everybody all sorts of issues. Um, what else? The frozen part of Illuminations. And then this... Sorry. Absolute oh, yeah. nonsense. Oh, yeah. Like, that is taking it to an, another level. Oh, yeah. Continue. <laughs> There's, like, various frozen snacks and hot chocolates and biscuits and Nutella and whatever else. Them Nutella involved. and strawberry cookies, yo. Honestly. <laughs> and then there's this frozen... Float. Float. Because it is just... It's a float and some dancers. That's it. Yeah. And it happens a couple times a day. And they come out similar-ish and I'll get on to why I say ish to like the Halloween parade where they stop in Central Plaza they do a bit of dancing and then they go back on their one float and they all leave however the characters aren't singing the songs it seems to be the dancers that are singing the songs nobody is allowed in the actual Central Plaza area you can only be on be on the like perimeter of it so like for anyone who's been there for the Halloween parade or the Jungle Book Jive, you can... Yeah, for Jungle Book Jive. Yeah. yeah. You can stand in between the four stages and like pick a stage that you want to watch. Yeah. But for this, nobody's allowed in that area whatsoever because like the dancers like dance through it almost. Mm. Yeah. It's and set up. Elsa and Anna go and on to the different stages. Um, but they just... Do they just run up onto the stage, wave and walk back down? Yeah, because it's not even meant to be them singing. I was listening to the DLP Report podcast earlier and they were kind of... Because we've not been there, so we can only kind of go off what we've seen and what other people have said. But they've kind of basically said that you can't really see anything because if you've been in DLP before, you'll know that the whole peripheral area, like the other side of, say, the road, yeah, which is the only places you're allowed to stand in that area... There's an awful lot of lighting towers. There's an awful lot of street lamps. There's an awful lot of stuff in the way. Yeah, true. That means that you basically can't see anything. You're miles away from the character, which given the costuming for this is probably no bad thing because the costuming is horrific. It's awful. Their their costumes are shite. Their wigs are awful. Mm. I don't know why. Now, this obviously isn't a slate to the... Just losing character integrity. This isn't a slate to the actor's that are playing the characters, but none of them look anything like the characters, yeah. which doesn't make any sense because Disneyland Paris has a great Kristoff mm. and the Elsa and Anna that are in the regular stars on parade are also really good. They do actually look like them, mm. especially the Kristoff. I think the Kristoff in stars on parade could easily be cartoon Kristoff. Yeah. But the Kristoff in this mini shit ass thing is awful. His wig is terrible. They li- Like, I know he has a mop top. Yeah. But they literally look like they've dyed a mop head brown and stuck it on his head. It just... Considering that this thing is the only thing that they've done specifically for this season, it just seems like they did it on the cheap. It looks like they stole the concept art for the new Frozen Float for Magic Happens in Disneyland Resort and just said, we're going to make this first and we're going to have a season. And that's it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And the the thing that everybody keeps saying is that the best part about it or the best place to stand yeah. is at the back of the float and watch Sven. Sven, yeah. 
the That's Sven, says. this little Sven mini animatronic thing on the back is brilliant. And the only reason that's good is because they have the full version of Sven in the animation celebration. And it's obviously the same technology that they just put in a float. Hmm. But that's great. And in all fairness, the float itself is beautiful. Beautiful. It's very nice. But you need at least three more minimum. Yeah. And then a whole ton of more dancers in between. Yeah. DLP report, I can't remember which of them said it, but one of them came up with a really funny idea. Rather than it just being them running on and into the unknown or whatever the hell the song is it's like but it's not even regular into the unknown it's like some weird remix but rather than that if they had have had an olaf doing a recap of frozen 2 on various stages oh that would have been kind of similar to what he did the scene in the movie yeah Yeah. if they did that that would have been way funnier way more a better use of time but i don't know i certainly wouldn't be traveling to go see the frozen season because all it is is an float and the an float Whilst it's pretty, meh. Yeah, like I just think... I think if you had a proper organised meet and greet for Anna and Elsa, it would just enhance... It would enhance the season so much. Because when you advertise... I also think I can understand if just regular families who are just going to Disneyland Paris would feel slightly misled. Mm. Oh, big time. Because they're like, oh, we've gone for Frozen season. Because the Frozen season was on all the marketing mm-hmm. when you went to travel agents and stuff it was it was all frozen frozen it, frozen. it was frozen frozen that was like the whole the little catalogue you get for Disneyland Paris mm. the full cover was frozen yeah. all the little bumper packs they all had Anna and Elsa on it and I'm like mm. ah you kind of cheat people like this didn't you yeah and that was another kind of point that was made on the podcast that why rather than and don't get me wrong I, I mean I haven't seen Anniversary Celebration but why didn't they just kind of rip that theatre apart and put in just make lots it all, and lots of rooms yeah and make it a big meet and greet thing because like that animation but like that animation celebration thing is good and it's really fun and kids love it it has loading issues but you know yeah. whatever but that's the closest you can get to Anna and Elsa yeah but you can get quite close to Anna and Elsa in that show yeah you can get much closer than in the parade but which is stupid because the parade's supposed to be a special thing whereas this animation celebration is going to run for years yeah and like for anybody that doesn't know years ago when Frozen first came out and the reason why DLP refused to do anything to do with a meet and greet with Anna and Elsa is because there were ridiculously long lines, like six hour lines to meet Anna and Elsa in, I think it was in the Princess Pavilion. I think they took that over and they were going for a break. A parent got really annoyed that their kid was being made wait longer and Anna basically got punched in the face by a grown ass man. Um, And obviously to protect their cast members and to avoid issues like that, they just point blank refused to hold meet and greets for Anna and Elsa. But I just, Disneyland can do it and there's no issues. Walt Disney World have a regular meet and greet for Anna and Elsa in the Norway Pavilion and there is never an issue and it's never, I've never seen it more than like, like a 50 minute wait. Yeah, I just think you just need to give them a designated spot, which like can't be that hard. But like if people want to wait six hours, let them wait six hours. Yeah. You've no problem fucking up all your other meet and greets. Yeah. Like, you ha- you'd have to make something that is like the Princess Pavilion, but like they're just going all day. Yeah, I I hope that that's what they're 
putting into the frozen area that they're doing in Walt Disney Studios. Oh my goodness. If they open that and there's no meet and greet, I'll lose my plot. And I hope that when they do that, there's a designated area. I hope that there's several rooms. Yeah. I hope there's a designated queue separate for green and orange pass. Yes. Fair. Because that tends to be what the issue leads is. to DLP yeah. queues. D- DLP meet and greets having such ridiculous lines. Yeah, because people just get return times for the entire day. Yeah. Or there's a separate queue and like there was for Santa Claus, they all get let in first. What? Which still makes no, no sense. No sense. I just... But yeah. Frozen, I wouldn't travel for it. What would you give it out of five just from looking at it? Like two? Yeah. I don't think it really counts as a season. Like I think some of the food that isn't the regular short short cake biscuits. Short cake biscuits. You know what I mean? Shortbread is the word I was looking for. Um anything that isn't those, I think looks pretty cool. And it's it's cool eclair and there's something else, but like, okay, you made an eclair. Mm. Great. Yeah. I was honestly expecting a lot more from the season. Yeah. I feel like I wasn't expecting more, but I'm still underwhelmed. Oh, wow. That's even worse. <laughs> yeah. Because I knew the only thing was this parade and I was like, what is, what? Because what? it is only one float. Yeah. And like, at least Pirates and Princesses had two. But and they were huge. That's the thing. I don't understand, right? So look, we'll move on in a second. I understand we've spent a lot of time talking about Frozen. <laughs> but when you think in terms of seasons, right? Mm. So we won't talk about like when they had the Easter thing or we won't talk about Halloween because Halloween I would put in like with Christmas. Mm. If you think of Jungle Book Jive. Yeah. And the enormity of that parade. Oh yeah. And how huge it was and how impactful it was. Yeah. And all the other things that went on for um, Jungle Book Jive, Lion King, Jungle Thing season. Yeah. There was so much going on. You had the parade, you had the show, you had the Timon dance thing. Mm -hmm. There was loads of things going on. You could buy that extra package to learn how to play the drums. Tons. And when you look at Frozen season, it is an eclair and a parade with one float. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Because all the other things don't count. Mm Because they're there all year round. Yeah. Like, they're not comparable at all. No. And it doesn't make any sense. No. It just, I don't know, ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But there is also another season. There is! Seasons of the Force. Which is astronomically better because it has more than one thing. Yes. (laughs) Just from the get-go, it's already beating Frozen. And sadly, this is the last Seasons of the Force. Um... And I'm a little bit sad that I never got to see it. That could be, I mean, I'm part of the problem as to why they're not keeping it, but here we are. <laughs> because you've never been enjoying it. I know. But, so basically, the main things that this makes up, there is a special projection show that takes place on Tower of Terror in the evening. You can meet Chewbacca and occasionally have Ray with him. And we'll, sometimes Ray. We'll come back to that. <laughs> um, there's a show that happens on the big stage in Production Courtyard. There's the Imperial March. There's the First Order March. There just seems to be a lot of, kind of similar to the Marvel season, there's a lot of bits going on. And I guess technically there's that Star Wars bit in Illuminations, am I right? And then there's Star Wars, <laughs> and there's Encounter with Darth Vader, and there's Hyperspace Mountain, like... That doesn't count, you can't do that. Like, oh, they're so stupid. I know. <laughs> but the reviews of it has been really, really good. There's also a Star Wars burger, which has a black bun and is apparently meant to be very nice. And there's a really cute R2-D2 dessert that looks like R2-D2's head. 
oh, cute the dummy That's bit. Fun. Yeah. DLP, they do they do their desserts right. Yeah, they're getting good at the desserts. I have to yeah. say, they're really like whoever's in charge of the desserts clearly isn't in charge of anything else. <laughs> yeah, and that's their one job. Or maybe they're also a server, and that's why everything <laughs> takes so long. <laughs> they, have to, they have to balance it between going out and serving burgers in um, uh, Hyperion. Yeah, and also go back to their office in like write the main and write down ideas and design things. Ugh. But yeah, Star Wars season has been getting some really great reviews and overall looks like a much better season than Frozen. Absolutely, because there's more than one thing. There's also extra projection and shit for it. Yeah, it's loads. They could have had a Frozen show. Oh, I can't, I can't. We just... They are doing, <laughs> and I, the only reason I'm not included in the news is by the time this comes out, it'll have already happened. They are doing that Frozen projection thing on Lake Disney. But it's on Lake Disney, you don't have to pay. Yeah, true. You can just go to Lake Disney for free. Yeah, true. It's also not included in the season. <laughs> it's also only happening three nights. What? I don't understand this lot Paris. Like, I just don't understand them, ever. They're so bipolar. They just, they just can't make up their own, they can't make up their minds. Anyway, the only last thing I have to say about Seasons of the Forest is that the Ray situation with Chewbacca yes. is a bit weird. Okay. So, Ever since the start of Seasons of the Force, I think Rey has been meeting with Chewbacca every single day. I don't think I've seen a day where she's not there. Because I feel like it would be like, oh, only Chewie's here. I've not seen that yet. Yeah. But on the program, it's encountered with Chewbacca. And then it literally says, sometimes Rey will join him. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, why tell people that? Why? Like, oh, why not just hire someone full time? (laughs) To just be there so you have guarantees that she's there. I just, it's the most DLP way of doing a character meet and greet. Yeah. Sometimes, maybe, sort of. And also, um, her hair was awful and now they've changed it. Yeah, they've given her winter attire. Shall we say? Sure. And moving on from the seasons, a whole 23 minutes in. Did you miss us, guys? (laughs) We've had a lot of feelings. So, good news. For yeah. DLP, we're getting two new parades. How exciting. In the future. Yeah. Well, <laughs> one of them's in the not too distant future. No, but like they're in the future. Yeah. They're not like tomorrow. So we've got the 30th anniversary day parade, which I assume is just for the 30th anniversary. The daytime parade. It's not just on the day of the 30th anniversary. That no, but they'll probably do something like that, like they did last fun. time and it'll be Oh, horrific. with everyone? Yeah. There will be a 30th anniversary parade that will have a five-year run. So it's going to start in 2022 and go for five years. So I kind of like that DLP do that. Like, don't get me wrong. I like Festival of Fantasy in Walt Disney World. Mm -hmm. However, lads, change it up a bit. I like that every kind of time there's a significant anniversary for the park, they're like, here's a whole slew of new things. Yeah, exactly. So it's... Pretty exciting. It wasn't a big surprise to anyone because mm. DLP said, do that. DLP tend to do that, but everyone seems quite excited for it. Yeah. Okay. Then there's also going to be a new nighttime Christmas parade, which just screams um, Main Street Electrical Parade to me. <laughs> apparently, from listening to the DLP Report podcast, mm-hmm. apparently it's going to be daytime and nighttime. Oh, <gasps> so interesting. Plan, so. What they could kind of gather is that there'll be two shows of it in the daytime and then there'll be two shows of it in the nighttime and one of the nighttime ones will coincide with the tree lighting. Wow. So I don't know if there'll be like a show stop or something like that. Yeah. Um, 
and they from what they've kind of heard it'll be more along the lines of paint the night uh-huh. than main street electrical parade good excellent so slightly less tacky yeah <laughs> main street electrical parade is slightly. is really up there on the old <laughs> main street electrical parade is like vegas it, it's like fairy lights just on everything yeah <laughs> So yeah, so it's going to have, as the little thing says, it will have all night capabilities, including new costumes full of high-tech LED technology. But it is by the creators of Tokyo's Dreaming Up. Mm. And everything Tokyo does is fantastic. Yes. So yeah, we're all very excited. Do we think we're going to get new fireworks? Now, for context, the guy that announced these... He does the shows and he does the parades. So he would only really be able to talk to those things. And apparently he probably wasn't even really supposed to. Oh, interesting. So there was that. <laughs> um, but do we think we're going to get new fireworks? I, yes. I really hope we do. Because Illuminations came out around For the 25th. 25th. Yeah. I think they have to. Because if they get to the 30th and they're still churning out live action Beauty and the Beast on that castle... Horrific. Oh my god. They, I keep referring to the DLP Report podcast, which is great by the way, you get loads of information from them, but what they were saying is that they kind of hope that they go down the route of the Tokyo fireworks, because the way the Tokyo fireworks, it's like it recaps your day in the park, so it's like pieces of rides and stuff, Mm -hmm. so it's supposed to be kind of like you've experienced Fantasyland, here's some elements from Fantasyland, and it has characters in it, because obviously... Just characters. characters in the right. Yeah. But it has like bits about like Frontierland or whatever their equivalent of Frontierland is, Tomorrowland, all that kind of stuff. So it like recaps your day in the park rather than it just being here's and Star Wars. Here's Frozen. Yeah. Here's the Lion King. Yeah, you know I like I mean? that, yeah. I think that's like a nice way to kind of like end your end your day in the park. There definitely needs to be a new there de- I really do think there will be new fireworks. Mm. Especially because it'll go along with the brandly new furbished what? Brandly new furbished. Uh huh. <laughs> the newly refurbished. refurbished Sleeping Beauty Castle, which is still yet to be confirmed, yeah. but is gonna happen because it's in a shit tip, yeah. and it's definitely gonna be refurbished before the thirtieth because it just has to be. We can only hope and pray. Um. So when they have their beautiful, beautified Sleeping Beauty's Castle, along with their amazing new parade and <clears throat> fireworks, it'll be a grand old thirtieth. I just hope there's a lot of fireworks. Pew, 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 don't, pew. don't be stingy. Pew, pew, pew. Also, if we could get some Main Street projections, that'd be great. Oh, come on! Surely it's not that hard. You're Disney. Disney. I don't think projections cost that much. Little projectors. do it all the time. (sighs) Anywho, moving on. Next up, Phantom Manor is being added to Extra Magic Time. Mm -hmm. Starting from the 8th of February on weekends only, you'll be able to ride Phantom Manor as part of Extra Magic Hours. I don't know why Phantom Manor isn't open during Extra Magic... Like, I get that they can't have everything open during Extra Magic Hours, but Mm -hmm. it seems like a really easy one. Be a good way to get, like, churn a lot of people through the ride as well. But either way, if you're there at the weekends after February, you'll be able to go on Phantom Manor. And I think they're also adding the riverboat as well, so the Molly Brown will be running. That's kind of fun. If you've never been on it, it's good crack. Yeah. Uh, Then some more refurbishment. Panoramagic. I struggle to say that word. Um, it's now closed for refurbishment until March 8th. DLP report hopes they deflate it because it was cool last time. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's down for refurb. I, I don't think anyone really cares. So, DLP has... So, last year, DLP took away the annual pass holder referral program. 
which would be where you would go to the AP office or wherever you were buying your annual pass from and you would go with another annual pass holder and you would say, hi, hello, I have a friend who's an annual pass holder. They would sponsor you and you would get 10% off and they would get an extra couple months on their pass is how it used to work. And if you got three people to sign up within a year, you got an additional six months. That's how I got my annual pass. (laughs) And then they got rid of it. And now clearly people have kicked up bloody murder because it's back. So you can go to from today until March 31st. So if you're going in the next few months, I thought it went longer than that. I feel like I didn't read that properly. But anyways, you can go with an annual pass holder within the next kind of two months or so. And you can get 10% off an annual pass. If you ask on Twitter or sometimes if you ask within certain like Facebook groups and stuff, there's usually somebody knocking around that won't mind going in with you and sponsoring you. So just bear that in mind. Save some dollar dollar bills, y'all. And on the subject of annual passes, we have had a new annual pass holder party announced, which is called Disneyland Park Adventures. And it's going to take place on the 13th of March. Um, Gates will open at half eight. And tickets are on sale now. I don't off the top of my head know how much the tickets are. However... Too much is the answer. They're too much. They're usually anywhere between 45 and 60. Yeah. Halloween's more expensive because Halloween's not just a specific annual pass holder one. But... So the theme is citizens of the lands and attractions wander Main Street with its original inhabitants, live the gold rush in Thunder Mesa and more. That's not really a theme for party guys i'm just gonna throw that out there no people is not a theme no but there's a couple couple little details yeah the night will feature a pyrotechnic show celebrating disneyland paris memory when you say pyrotechnic that's what comes to mind (laughs) extra theming and surprises inside the attractions like live actors maybe live actors maybe Maybe, maybe. Who knows? It's just someone with a flashlight is flicking it on and off. <laughs> <laughs> um, return of some previous shows. Maybe dreams. Maybe dreams. <sighs> That's the only reason I would go. <laughs> it says collectible souvenir. And the thing that most people have hung on to is characters will be roaming only. There will be no photo locations. Now, how exactly... Do they think that's going to work? Characters just won't take pictures with anybody. How is that going to work? It's, it's just, that means they're going to just be constantly yeah. walking. Yeah. And running away from people. Yeah. It's going to be a bloody nightmare. Like, and like, this is what I don't understand. Like, DLP is a very, like, certain parks. Special park. But like, certain parks, lo- like, certain parks have certain aspects that everybody seems to do. So in Magic Kingdom, it seems to just be everybody wants to go on rides, which is grand. In Disneyland, it seems to be a lot of locals that like to eat. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, you're right. Keep going, yeah. DLP, everyone wants to meet characters. Yeah. DLP is a real Char- characters park. Yeah. Like, you can't just have roaming characters or anything like that. Like, people fucking love meeting characters. Yeah. And that often causes a lot of issues, particularly when it comes to parties and stuff like that because parties is when they roll out the rarer characters which means there's like 15 hour waits hello oogie boogie and every and like people get pissed off cast members get pissed off there's a whole hullabaloo so rather than i don't know figure out how to manage those better 
DLP are just like, nah, we just won't have any character meet and greets. <laughs> we'll just take them off all together. Get rid of them all together. People can just walk. Like, what do you, like, the party takes place from half eight in the evening till one o'clock in the morning. Are you just supposed to walk around? Like, what exactly is the game of the game here? Like, what's, why are you going to this? I don't know. What is there to do? Like, do you just walk around? Do you just go on rides the whole time? Like, I don't, I'm just, I don't. Like, if you're going to a party mm. and the characters are just roaming around, but you can't take pictures with the characters. Mm. I also assume that means like, but how do you like, can you have character interaction? And if they have time for character interaction, do they not have just have time for a quick photo? I doubt it. And then how does character interaction, no, I understand, but like, but then how does character interaction work Yeah. with people not queuing and then you've got people running after characters and then you've got people upset because characters are literally running away from them. Yeah. It's going to be an absolute, I'm really intrigued to follow Twitter that night. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's going to be a hot topic. Yeah. But if you're interested in going, tickets are on sale now and it takes place on the 13th of March, which is a Friday. Oh, what a day. <laughs> also, I enjoyed the picture that DLP Report put up because it's not going to look anything like that. No. <laughs> but I've tried, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, moving away from the parks. Yeah. Well, moving away from Disneyland Paris because yeah. that's all we have for Disneyland Paris for the moment. She's She did well. Um, I'm sure a lot of you are aware, but Disney have released their monthly um, collection for this year. So it all started back in 2018 with good old Siri, please. It all started back in 2018 with Mickey Mouse Memories. And they made a bloody fortune off us. My God, what a time to work as a cast member. Then they were like, wow, we made a total money with that let's do some more so then last year they did the wisdom collection which if anyone would like anything from the wisdom collection it is all currently on sale in every disney store near you all the plush anyway and they also did this weird pandora princess charm bracelet thing that was crap and it was like plastic and it was awful so now never does well third year here we are disney's back at it with minnie mouse the main attraction collection so every month on the 18th, they will be releasing a collection which is based off of an attraction in Disneyland. Yeah. First month was Space Mountain. So there was a Space Mountain Minnie Mouse plush, pins, ears. Loungefly. Loungefly and a mug. Is that everything? That's everything. Yeah. Yeah. So they've also released a pin book like they did for Mickey Mouse Memories. I own it. I'm so excited for it. It's been dispatched. Cool. Because I have the full Mickey Mouse one, so I clearly need the full Minnie Mouse one. Yeah. So, online, uh, we're only going to talk about things in terms of, like, the UK and Ireland. So, when they were released online on the 18th, the pins and the ears and the bag sold out in four minutes. And they were online just after 8am. Yeah, so this was also a little bit of controversy I learned. The Disney store were telling people that it was going to drop at half eight. Pe- other people were told it was going to drop at eight. Mm. And it actually dropped at 16 minutes past eight. <laughs> That's very specific. Because I was online when I'm like, there was like a small period where I wasn't refreshing my phone and yeah. that's when it got uploaded. Lame. So I remember it being like 16 past eight and I was like, what the hell, Disney? Yeah. And they didn't upload everything at the same time. A whole Shane Dawson, Jeffree Star thing. That's what, that's what it reminded me of. I was like, oh my God, this is like when Shane Dawson releases this makeup. This is conspiracy ballad all over <laughs> so again. So like the thing was like, they didn't upload the pin. So you had to go into like shot pull collection and then it gave you everything. And oh. then you had to click into that for it to tell you it was out of stock. Right. It was a time. So anyway, 
But they seem to have sent a lot of merch to stores because mm. I popped into Disney store on my way to work that morning and they had everything. So they still had ears, pins, plush and mugs. So the only short, the only shop that gets the lounge fly is Oxford Street. Fair. There's like, Dublin isn't even getting it even though they're also a flagship store. It's mm. only Oxford Street that's getting the lounge fly. Makes sense. Um, and I assume they haven't gotten many because I know now that it's been released I can say that the Grafton Street store only got 14 pairs of ears. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, when I went in at half eight, because I was, I, I was on my way to work. I was in work for nine, so yeah. I, didn't, I didn't specifically get up. But they still had like 10 pairs left. Oh, okay. So I don't think there is a huge of demand for this collection as there was for Mickey Mouse Memories. Yeah. But also a bunch of shit sold out really quickly online. So potato, potato. I don't know. The interesting thing I find with this collection is like... A lot of people over this side of the world in particular, mm-hmm. the only kind of like, because we'll, we'll go through what ride is what month and stuff briefly. But like, for example, the Space Mountain, like that's the, that's the Disneyland and that's the Disney World Space Mountain. That ain't the DLP Space Mountain. Yeah, no, that's completely so it's, fair. It's, it, they've, they've very much gone for generic Disney parks favorites because there's rides on here that aren't in DLP at all. No, yeah, fair. Yeah. So they've gone for kind of the more generic version well they've gone for the disneyland version yeah everything's based on disneyland yeah so yeah so then february is so that we've seen the designs for the first three months so obviously we've had january then february's pirates of the caribbean where everything is yellow and black awful terrible looks nice you guys know how much we love pirates yeah i'll still collect the pins because you know i'm a pin gal and i'm excited i'm excited to have the two full books um but yeah we'll move on then march is the teacups cute everything's pastel-y yeah it's very teacuppy yeah it's very cute then so they're the only ones that we know then for april it's small world mm-hmm. then do you want to do the next four then we have may is the tiki 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 room hey june is Pe- from what i can tell anyways peter pan's flight it is peter pan's flight yeah <laughs> then july we have the carousel and then august we have dumbo the flying elephant then september is big thunder mountain October is Haunted Mansion. Because of course. November is Jungle Cruise. Exciting. Which is clever because they're releasing the Jungle Cruise movie. Mm-hmm. And then December is the castle. Nice. Which technically is not an attraction, but okay. Well, kind of is. Ah, she's there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's the Minnie Mouse main attraction. When I'll do a little snippet every month as to how the collection sold. Yeah. Just a little roundup, I'd say. And what, what we what we thought. Yeah. Of them at the minute i'm i thought the mini mouse space mountain one was fine yeah it was a bit too white for my liking oh, yeah fair um the ears are also extortionate yeah i bought the ears because they were there knowing 95 percent of my brain that i was going to return them yeah. they were 35 euro that's a lot so of i bought them because i knew i didn't have time to decide if i wanted them or not because yeah. i had to go to work so i bought them yeah. Asked the manager if I could return them. She assured me I could. I was like, excellent. Cool. And then I've brought them home and I've put them on and tried them. Basically like a piece of clothing because I'm really not sure if it's worth it. They're not. 35 euro for a pair of ears. It's just so expensive. Absurd. But if you know you absolutely want the ears, DM Kate and she'll let you know when she's returning them. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because I'll let all, I'm going to return them. Like I'm going to wait like a little while to return them. So like yeah. people know, but yeah. So if you want them, reach out. Yeah, fair. (laughs) I'm also not accepting any more than 35 euro for them. No. (laughs) So don't even try me. (laughs) 
Don't even try me. We're not, we're not playing that game. No. What else have we got, Sinead? Um, to briefly flip back to the perks and go over stateside. We mentioned earlier that the float in the Frozen season really resembles the concept art that we've seen for the Frozen float during the brand new Magic Happens Parade, which is going to be kicking off very soon in the Disneyland Resort. So we've had a couple, a couple bits more of a uh, concept art. We previously we've seen the frozen float. We've seen the concept art for the Moana float, and then also for the Coco float. And then what we've seen today is some concept art for a beautiful Cinderella float, where she's in like a glass pumpkin. She looks like a snow globe. It's bloody stunning. Um, then we have a Princess and the Frog, Tiana Naveen one, and I've only just seen all the cute little frogs down the bottom of it. Adorable. And I think something that's probably a bit of a surprise to mo- most people anyways is that there's a Sword in the Stone one. It has Merlin and the boy that I can't remember his name. Happy days. I don't ask me. I don't know. What is his name? Uh, I'll Google it. Yeah. Siri, what's the name of the boy from Sword in the Stone? I can't get the answer to... Can you Google it? I found this on the web. My Siri is useless. Arthur. 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 Um, Yeah, I think the parade actually kicks off this weekend, if I'm not mistaken, because it definitely kicks off in January, and this is the last weekend of January, so keep your eyes peeled, because no doubt various Disneyland vloggers and stuff will be making videos about it. If you are looking for good Disneyland vloggers, would highly recommend Best Life and Beyond. Mm -hmm. They're great. They're probably my favourite Disneyland vloggers, so check them out if you're looking for content from the Disneyland Resort. Excellent. Moving on to our final piece of news. Mm-hmm. Disney Plus, ladies and gentlemen, is arriving a week early oh, in woo-hoo. UK, Ireland and other markets in Western Europe. It's going to be arriving on March 24th, which is one week earlier than March 31st, which was the release date originally announced. The pricing has also been officially confirmed at £5.99 or €6.99 mm-hmm. per month or £59.99 or €69.99 Euro for a year. Are you going to sign up? Yes, of course. Are you going to do a month or a year? A year! Like I'm ever not going to need it. I'm it's obviously true. just going to get a year. Um, To be honest, I'm really excited to just pay 70 quid and just be done with it. Because I pay for Disney Life and that comes out monthly. And I'm like, oh, yeah. what's the point? I'll just pay the, the 70 quid and it'll be gone. Um, two free. Yes, yeah, so the service's initial European rollout will cover the UK, Ireland, France, Germany, Italy, Spain, Austria and Switzerland. Which we've talked about before. Um... Yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm super excited. Yeah, me too. So just a bit of tab of interest. The UK pricing is the same as Netflix standard definition tier, but Disney Plus is only offered as a single price with no additional features, blah, 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 blah. So like Disney Plus is just what it is. Yeah. Whereas Netflix has like three different tiers depending on what definition you want, how many people you want, all that sort of stuff. So Disney Plus is just, it is as it is. Beautiful. How exciting. FYI, for anyone who else listens to us, the service will eventually also be coming to Belgium, the Nordics, and Portugal later in 2020. Beautiful. So don't worry about it, guys. It's coming. <laughs> it's on the way. So yeah, um, I think that's pretty much everything for the news, Sinead. Except for one thing. You know what today is, Sinead? Today is Tuesday. You know what that means. I've really missed this. <laughs> <laughs> it's Special Guest Tuesday! No, today's special guest was Olaf. Just Olaf. By himself. Last week was good though. 
Last week was Oswald and Hortensia, who we've had before Special Gift Tuesdays, but I feel like they're worth it. Yeah, because you don't see them. Like, normally you have to pay extra to see them. Yeah. Normally there are events and stuff. You can't just see them in the park. Do you know what? You also can't just see them in the feckin' parade. And that's it for the news. (laughs) So, do you remember last year, Kate? I do remember last year. It was a long time ago now. When we started a series where we went through a land, because we only got one land in, (laughs) and we talked all about Adventureland and Pirates of the Caribbean and Indiana Jones and just Adventureland. And then we did an episode where we went, we spoke all about Fantasyland. And we went through the whole thing. And we talked about the big windmill that used to be at the back of that little thing. And it was all very interesting. We learned so much. And then we went on five million trips and we never talked about it again. Yeah, and we had a great time. <laughs> and then Disney Plus happened and stuff was opened and Amy came back from Australia and there's just so many things. And then it was Christmas. Well, now we're back. I'm back, 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 back again. <laughs> and we asked you on Instagram what we should talk about this week. And the one that had the most votes was Peter Pan's flight. Fair. And funny enough, Amy didn't vote for it, so we can't even say that she skewed the numbers. So there you go, guys. Hush your mouths. <laughs> so if you haven't listened to any of these attraction kind of land episodes that we've done before, go back. I will link our Fantasyland like, overview one in the show notes for this episode. But go back and have a listen, particularly to the Pirates of the Caribbean one, purely because... So interesting. Yeah. But also the music under it. Oh, just yeah. like married up perfectly. You were very happy with that, weren't you? Made that was, my heart so happy. That was a little editor Sinead dream. That was. Loved it. So what we like to do in these is give you a bit of history about the ride. We'll give you DLP's description of the ride. Which always is always the funny. the best part. The logistics of it. Who it's accessible for. Anybody that maybe can't ride. And we'll also give you our views on it. What we think of it, about it. What our rating is for it. All that good stuff. So, Kate, do you want to start kicking us off there? Yes. Can I read the description? Yes. Woohoo! It's my favourite bit. Peter Pan's flight. You can fly. Sail high into the moonlight sky with Peter Pan's flight. Board a colourful galleon and with the help of some pixie dust and happy thoughts, embark on a high-flying adventure, passing many of the unforgettable settings and scenes made famous in Disney's animated film Peter Pan. Then we move on to the second paragraph. Return to never land because... Apparently, Disneyland Paris doesn't know the Neverland is one word. (laughs) Journey to the Darling Children's Nursery and behold the first meeting of Wendy, Michael, John and Peter Pan. Soar through the nighttime sky over London where famous sights like Big Ben and Tower Bridge mingle with a confection of glittering lights. Then descend into Neverland, home to volcanic peaks and sparkling waterfalls. Once there, glimpse the Lost Boys in Mermaid Lagoon and sail past Skull Rock. Swoop into Pirate's Cove, home to an enormous pirate ship. And behold, Peter Pan in a swashbuckling duel with Captain Hook. Finally, make your way back to London, leaving a defeated Captain Hook far behind. (laughs) (laughs) I always love the DLP, like, descriptions. Which, if you're ever looking for these, if you just go on the Disneyland Paris website, search whatever ride you're looking for. Um, The DLP one for Peter Pan's fight is interesting. And they have kind of like a shorter blurb one, which I'll read out. Which I found very interesting Mm -hmm. earlier. So it said, swoosh through the sky of a magic galleon over a starlit London before sweeping through Neverland, where mermaids, Indians, and pirates await. 
I feel like someone needs to go back through and proofread that. Yeah, I feel like someone may have written it in French. Yeah. And, yeah, I just don't think it, yeah. Mm. Mm. But anyways, moving uh-huh. on from that. We'll cover <laughs> off some of the accessibility. Yeah. Um, who can ride, who can't ride, all that good stuff. So it is suitable for guests who have difficulty standing because you do sit on Peter Pan's fight. Yes. Authorization to ride the attraction depends on the type of limb atrophy that you have. So if you... What does that mean? So remember we talked about like, so if you have... So the way some people have things wrong with their legs where they can't bend their knee. Ah. So if they sit down and they can't sit fully with their back on the back of the seat, they can't ride because they can't close the bar fully. So if you if you have something wrong with your leg that means that... Let's say you have a prosthetic leg that doesn't bend, for example and you have to sit sideways you can't ride because it's just not safe because yeah. you might fall out okay full list the full list of rides with the can the cannots can, are available from city hall donald desk studio services and central reservations offices suitable for guests with learning disability autism behavioral disorder or any mental health disorders but you must be accompanied by an able-bodied person over the age of 15 Suitable for visually impaired guests, suitable for blind guests, who must also be accompanied by an adult over the age of 15. And it is also suitable for guests with impaired hearing, which we discovered when I rang DLP. <laughs> and they were like, uh... <laughs> I rang DLP during the Pirates episode to find out if they felt Pirates was suitable for guests who were deaf. And they agreed that it was, and they've updated their website since, which is very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Seth gets... Oh, Suitable for guests with debilitating illness or temporary physical impairment. Some of the wording on this is atrocious. Like, we shouldn't laugh, but like, it's just some of the stuff I'm like, what? Yeah. And due to the nature of this experience, service animals are not permitted on this attraction, which makes me a little sad. Yeah, there's also just in the middle of it all, there's interests, fast pass, not to be missed. Which we'll come back to. Bang rank. Good stuff. Yeah, and then you've just got your regular expecting mothers may not ride to provide children at all times an interesting one we found was number of guests with a learning disability mental health disorder behavioral disorder or autism allowed onto the traction as a group accompanied at least by one helper is one so if you have two children who have autism with you which is a very common thing i find you can't have more than one of them in the boat at a time which okay if the ride needs to be evacuated, you must be capable of getting out of the suspended vehicle unassisted and going down steps or even a ladder and then walking a few meters. Yeah. Thanks, Disney. Helpful. Really magical there. So that's everything for the accessibility and other information category. Yeah. So if you if you don't know what Peter Pan's Fight is, you've never heard of it, you've never been on it. Peter Pan's Fight is one of the original kind of Disney dark rides. Um, it opened in the Disneyland Resort in 1955 on opening day. How it kind of differs though, and where I suppose that caveat the cake just discussed about having to climb down ladders or down steps or whatever, is rather than you kind of sitting on the ground in a car type vehicle and going around on a track, you are actually suspended from the ceiling in a boat. So it gives you the illusion of flying. A galleon, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's a galleon. Oh yeah, a Spanish galleon. Oh yeah, they're huge. That's exactly what you fly in. There you go. Ah, sure, lucky doing something new every day. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, so the original ride featured vehicles flying through scenes of the nursery, London, and onward to Neverland. And finally, through to the Lost Boys camp, where you would meet Captain Hook. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So, the original kind of dark rides that opened within Fantasyland in Disneyland were <laughs> Mr. Toad, Peter Pan, Snow White, 
And why am I forgetting one? You're not. That's it. Alice. Teacups. They were the original kind of characters that were used. Oh, yeah, but the teacups didn't open until later. No, the teacups were open on opening day. Oh, never mind then. And I only know that because in the Imagineering story, they were having to, like, manually <laughs> move some of them around. <laughs> um, but Peter Pan's flight is one of the... Is the only one that is actually present in all of the various Disney parks. Because a lot of them have gotten rid of Snow White or maybe don't have Toad. The only, I suppose, in DLP anyways, the only remnants of Mr. Toadwell's ride is Toad Hall, which is always jammed, so I've never actually been in it. Because I thought it was closed. You will, that too. <laughs> That's pretty much it, look. Um, so yeah, so it's present in all of the parks, which is pretty cool. And it also just serves to show how popular of a ride it is. Yes. Which is crazy. So back, way back when, in 1955, when they set up the rides. Yes. They wanted to do something a bit different. So they decided to do the whole galleon from the sky thing. And it turned out to be pretty popular. (laughs) It worked out pretty well. So it worked a lot differently to the other dark rides for that obvious reason. And it also appeared to be one of the less scarier dark rides that Disney managed to get themselves into. Yes, because if you've ever, and it was something that I think Jessie, she suggested that we talk about Snow White on this episode because it scared her for life. Snow White is called Snow White Scary Adventure for a reason. It's scary. And in, I think it's in Mr. Mr. Toad's Well Ride, you end up going to hell. Like you go to hell in that ride. Like you get sentenced to death and you go to hell. That's so interesting. So, (laughs) elements in the like traditional dark rides that disney did so because peter pan is a bit bit lighter now the original kind of end captain hook scene in disneyland was very different because it was hook it was smee trying to shoot you down oh yeah and it's literally it's a really angry voice and it's like get them smee shoot them down and you're like whoa i'm three (laughs) this is a lot Um, yeah, so the Disneyland version of Peter Pan's Flight went through a couple of refurbs. Just going to read out an interesting bit from uh, the Wikipedia article from it when it had its refurb when it opened in 1983 again. So it had a um, somewhat big refurb. So after winding through the queue, guests board a three-passenger miniature galleon, which is suspended from a trap, blah, 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 blah. The ship leaves the loading area and winds through the Darling's Nursery, passing Nana, the St. Bernard dog, nursemaid, next to some toy blocks, which spell D1SN3Y. Oh, there When read backwards. That's cute. So, it's Disney. And then Wendy, John and Michael Darling are all on the bed on Peter Pan's shadow is on the wall. Then guests hear Peter Pan saying the iconic, come on everybody, here we go. And then it's at that point the ship flies out of the nursery window and over onto a moonlit London. You guys couldn't see the hand movements that Kate just made. <laughs> but I felt like I was I felt like I was soaring over London. Right, it's Pocahontas thing. This really should be a visual podcast. We should absolutely um so yeah then you also go past the second start of the right and straight on till morning the flying ships reach neverland where guests pass some of its landmarks including the indian village a glowing volcano giant octopus fish color three the lost boys camp mermaid lagoon and school rock you were just trying to drown her Gas. <laughs> then in 2015 in disneyland it had its massive overhaul just in the regular disneyland and that's yeah. pretty much what it is today 
it's really pretty. Um, basically, from what I can see from every refurb, the the scene that got the most refurb and came out best every time was the London scene. <laughs> yes. Every time it got something whopper. So it went from 2D to 3D. It got more lights. It got moving cars. It got a bigger Big Ben. It just every time, it's just fantastic. In fairness, it is a beautiful scene in the ride. Oh yeah, I love it. It's great. Just super pretty. And it's such a simple scene as well. Yeah, like what like what it's made of is literally just lights in the ground. Just those tiny little LED lights. Yeah. Just all stuck everywhere, but it's fantastic. Also, they drive on the correct side of the road. I never noticed that. Yeah, they like how they drive in the UK, which is like how they drive in the UK and Ireland on the on the left side of the road. Yeah. That's how they drive. That's what the little the cars gone are on the left side of the road. I never noticed that. It's not so interesting. There you go. Yeah. So basically, yeah, for anyone who's never been on Peter Pan's Light, you basically just fly through as if you are Peter Pan and Wendy flying from the nursery through London up the second star on the right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, the road. I was like, is that is that wrong? And then down into Neverland and School Rock and then you fight Captain Hook. But all of this is happening when you're really high up in the air. Yes. Up to 17 feet at That's times. really tall. And the one in Disneyland Paris is quite energetic at points, I have yeah, to say. Yeah, it really like dips you down at times. Like there's a couple of times where you feel like you're about to go flying out of that boat. Yeah, and it's like, vroom. And also really another really pretty scene in it. What? Another really pretty scene in Peter Pan's Flight is when you're going up to Neverland and you've got all the, like when you're passing through from London to Neverland mm-hmm. and you've got all the twinkly lights in the sky. It's very pretty. Again, it's something so simple, but so nice. Yeah. Um, the Peter Pan's flight in Disneyland Paris recently had a refurb. Yes. And it was quite recent. It's less than a year ago. We talked about it when we went on it and it hasn't had anything majorly refurbed. It's just basically real bright now. Yeah. Really bright. Yes. Um, the only other thing special about Disneyland Paris is I'll read you the teeny tiny itsy bitsy bit on Wikipedia. One of those popular attractions, um, it sees guests boarding flying in in comma, in inverted commas. Oh, pirate ships which are suspended from an overhead rail plus soaring over miniature recreations of London and Neverland. The version is slightly longer than the original, with the complete circuit taking around three minutes and beginning with a short flight over London at night. Yeah, fun. Yeah, it's really cute. Um, what was I going to say? In Disneyland, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So when you look up the, like, attraction type, so it's a rail-suspended dark ride, but then it also is a flying gallon slash omnimover, which confused me because in my head, it wasn't an omnimover because you load, you stand, you wait, yeah. and then you get on. Yeah. But a little bit of research showed that it's actually in magic kingdom and is an omni mover so if anyone's ever been on <sighs> phantom manor or buzz buzz do you are you're on that little like treadmill thing and in magic kingdom that's how it loads which i paid absolutely zero attention to mainly because the standby queue in the magic kingdom one is like so interactive so i think i was just so overly stimulated from being in that standby queue that I was just like, oh, and now I'm on a boat. <laughs> oh my God, here I am. Uh, and something to bear in mind, if you've been on the one in Florida, that is a two people boat. Mm-hmm. However, in DLP, they'll they'll try wedge six people in there. Just oh, FYI. absolutely. They There's don't give two a rows fuck. and you, you, would th- you think that the rows will only fit two people in each. They will prove you wrong. 
They will prove you wrong. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so yeah, there was something else I wanted to say about Peter Pan that was history related. I don't know. No, I don't think so. Originally, when they first came up with it, and it was a lot of the concept that they had for the original Dark Rides, was that you were to take on the role of the principal characters. So originally in Peter Pan's Flight, you didn't see Peter Pan at all because the idea was that you were Peter Pan. You were experiencing his story from his point of view. But not a lot of people liked that. A lot of people were getting very sad that you couldn't actually see Peter Pan in it. You couldn't see Snow White and Snow White Scary Adventure. So as the updates kind of happened, initially they included his shadow, and then throughout it, they've included some animatronics and some other variations of Peter Pan. So now when you go on the ride, you do see him, particularly in DLP as well, because there is an animatronic of him. But previously, he was nowhere to be found. Um, Yeah, like I thought that that was quite... When we learned that, I thought it was quite interesting because it shows how in-depth Walt Disney and Walt Disney Imagineering were to think that... No, we don't need Peter Pan because they will be Peter Pan. Yeah. And like that's how like into the story they were mm. that they thought it was just going to be it would just make sense and people would just get it. But um yeah, no. It just did not. It just did not click with people. And the original one in 1990 in 1950 what? 1995, not quite. 1955. It was actually really down to the wire if it was going to be opened or not for opening day of Disneyland because you know Disney and their money issues, am I right? Um, <laughs> so they were really down to wire, but they did get it opened. But that's there was a big like hullabaloo about it as to whether or not it would actually um, be open for opening day. Yeah. So, what do you think of Peter Pan's flight? I love Peter Pan's flight. I'm kind of sad that there's no like interesting facts about like the mechanisms behind it because the fact of what the mechanism is itself is just interesting. Mm. But there's otherwise there's nothing. Like, Disney obviously managed to make this. Yeah. Oh, that was my one mechanism thing that we learned. That the technology for the boats comes from the picker-upper things in factories that, oh, like, yeah. shoot bottles around. There you go. Thanks, guys. And I'm gone. <laughs> it's, like droid, it's like Droid Depot and you're just the droid legs. Oh, yeah. It's a, <laughs> um, yeah, but I love Peter Pan's Flight. Um, it's a sh- it's a ride that I originally thought I wouldn't care for because I don't particularly enjoy Peter Pan the movie. But man, do I love the ride. Yeah, it is. It is great. I went on it first in Disney World. Um, the person that I was with absolutely did not want to go on it, but I'd never been on it, so I insisted. And I did really enjoy it. However, I'd waited a very long time for it. Mm-hmm. I waited like 50 minutes for it Ooh, in Magic that's Kingdom. that's a long time to wait. But that was like the lowest wait that I'd seen, seen it at yeah. the whole time. Um, and it is quite a short, it is quite a short ride. Like DLP has one of the longest ones at three minutes. Mm. So 50 minutes for three minutes mm. for less than three minutes is a bit difficult. So I was kind of a little bit meh on it when I was in Magic Kingdom. If I'm being completely honest, I was more impressed with the queue than I was the actual ride. However, I I think it's really charming. And I think that's kind of the best way to describe it. It's just really charming. And because the kind of subsequent times I've gone on it has been during Extra Magic Time or with a fast pass. So I haven't had to waste massive amounts of time. You can just kind of hop on, enjoy it, and then get on with the rest of your park day. I think that's that's kind of endeared it to me a lot more. Because I don't think it is worth if you're waiting any longer than half an hour, it's absolutely not worth it. 
No, I agree. But I also think that statement comes with the luxury of the fact that we're over the age of eight. Oh, true. (laughs) And can go on everything that Disneyland Paris has to offer. I do think Peter Pan's Flight is an extremely popular ride due to the fact that everybody can ride it. Like, even when we were reading out the restrictions, the restrictions are so minimal. It is literally like expectant mothers and if you cannot sit in the seat. And the reason for the expectant mothers one is because there is a lap bar. Yeah. Um, And if it does occasionally, there are points where you do kind of bang off the lap bar. So it's just obviously for safety. Guys, you're up to 17 feet off the ground here now. You wouldn't want an expectant mother all the way up there stuck, really, do you? (laughs) I think it's also because, like we've mentioned, like some of the other dark rides, like Snow White Scary Adventure or even Pinocchio and DLP are a little bit scary. Um, Phantom Manor of, there's no restrictions on that but that would be scary to a little kid same with Pirates yeah but because Peter Pan is quite like a light and fun ride it's one of the few dark rides within DLP that isn't in any way shape or form intimidating no even when you get to the bit with Captain Hook like they changed the scene like when we talked about it at the when we started talking about it where how Captain Hook would shoot down your ship it, it's not like that anymore Captain Hook now has like is stuck on top of TikTok croc yeah. And like trying not to be eaten by him. So like it's much more lighthearted and funny with like the villain aspect of it. Mm. It's like we're poking fun at him rather than he's going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, when you're four, you're like, ha ha, rather than, oh my God. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Get me off of this ride. Absolutely. So is it a must do for you? Yes. But only when I'm able to do it the how I want to do it. Okay. Like it's not necessarily like talk. I think, I think we're both similar on this like we don't want to wait a long time for peter pan's flight one because it's one we've done a lot now Mm. and it's just an enjoyable experience yeah but i do still think it's a must do because of how much i love it but i'm gonna get a fast pass and i'm gonna make sure i use the fast pass at the right time yeah absolutely i agree i think the, the main issue particularly in dlp because For every kind of load, there's only two boats. And those two boats can take a very maximum of six people each. So you're only getting 12 people through every 15 seconds. Oh, I'd say more. 30 seconds? People can be slow. (laughs) So you're really stuck with the amount of boats you can have going and the capacity for it. So that's why it has such a massive queue. Yeah, it's also not like so. Even if it let's even let's say it was an omni mover, I don't actually think the show building itself is that big. No. So like compare it to Buzz, Buzz clearly has a huge show building because it takes you ages to get around that ride. Yeah. It go. It's a lengthy time. So even if you have an omni mover, I think it's too small that like the omni mover would go so slow mm. or it was gonna it would just be stopping a lot yeah and there'd just be no point because you'd be end up with a backlog yeah because the front of the ride is so short yeah because there's a, like at the front of the ride there's only room for four boats two letting people off two letting people on and you couldn't have it any more than that whereas for example in magic kingdom i think there's like four boats letting people on at a time so that's already doubling the capacity of it and even in magic kingdom it's usually upper in a 60 70 minute wait so whilst it is a ride that has a massive weight. I would absolutely prioritize it for extra magic hours because usually you can get on it within about 10, 15 minutes and that's ideal. Or if you're staying in Golden Forest or Compass Club or Castle Club or whatever the Marvel equivalent of that is going to be, 
If you're staying in one of those and you have your hotel fast passes, a really great way to use that because you're not generally, whenever we've managed to get fast passes, we'll get a fast pass at like 11 and it won't be until like half two or three. At least if you use your hotel fast pass, you're not kind of limited in that. And you could then go get a fast pass with your ticket for something that might have a sooner return time. But I would be weary about queuing for copious amounts of time. Partially because the queue is very narrow. Yeah, it's very squished. Yeah, like... Very, very squished. Like, it's not like the Pirates of the Caribbean queue where there's a lot of room to move around and there's a lot of places to go. It's like, in Peter Pan's fight, it's narrow and there's not a lot of queue. It's near single file, I'd say. Yeah. Very close to. It's definitely single file when you get to the inside bit. Yeah. It's definitely single file. You can't fit any more than two And everyone always looks so sad. Yeah, it looks awfully depressing. Mm. It's like herding cattle. It is, because everyone's so... Yeah, no, yeah. It's sad times. So, would highly recommend going on Peter Pan's flight, but prioritise it for use of a fast pass, particularly a hotel fast pass, and make a beeline for for extra magic hours if you're not using that for the likes of Crush's Coaster or Princess Pavilion. Yes. I think it's really... It's up there with that calibre of what to use your extra magic time for. Yeah, because... No, yeah, absolutely agree. Um... And just be wary of the fast passes because they can go really quick. Like if you're only getting your fast pass at like 11am, your return time might not be till five o'clock. Yeah. If it's a busy day, because they can really go that quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Also, just a hot tip because everyone seems so stupid with Peter Pan's flight. I think it's because the entrances are a bit funny. But the fast pass entrance to Peter Pan's flight is underneath the clock and into the little left-handy side bit where the cast member stands in the little house just that's the fast pass side right because people always try and get in the fast pass with no fast pass and it's only i see it the most at peter pan's flight because people don't read or use their eyes no they're just walk yeah and they get in the wrong one and then it's just uh, it's a bad time just a big hullabaloo, really. I don't really think we have much more to say for Peter Pan's Flight because it's a pretty standard Disney classic ride. Yeah, it's a Disney staple. Yeah, like it's not been like messed about too much. No. It's had its reverbs and it's had its slight story changes. It's been enhanced. But that's pretty much just, it's just enhanced with the times. Yeah. As technology has gone and they've added more animatronics and they've basically listened to what the guests want and just added things like they added in Nana then they added in all the kids into the nursery yeah the original putting Peter Pan actually in the ride with the shadow mm. it's all good times I'll we found a video on YouTube um, where it kind of goes through the progression of Peter Pan's flight it mainly focuses on the Disneyland and Walt Disney World versions because they were kind of the initial ones and where most of the differences arose so I'll pop that link in the show notes if you want to go watch it and see some of the history behind it it has some really good photos of some of the original stills from the ride um, and how that compares to how it looks now. Um, but yeah, as you said, they've not, it's not something that they've like wrecked the story of or it's, they haven't just ripped it out and put something else in instead, which I actually don't think Disney would ever do because it's such a crowd pleaser. But it is a great way of showing how the advancement in technology has transformed the ride. Because for example, with the likes of Pirates of the Caribbean, Pirates of the Caribbean has not changed a whole lot. Oh, it didn't need to. Do you know what I mean? Like, it is very, very close to the exact same it was on opening day. However, because 
I think because of the setup of Peter Pan and because they wanted to have that cartoony look and all that kind of stuff, because technology has advanced, they've been able to improve how that looks and get it to look and feel more like you're part of the movie. Mm-hmm. So they've kept the same story. They've just, they're just making it look prettier. Make, making you feel more a part of never land. Land. <laughs> I think I might write to them and be like, yeah, you're stupid. Please fix this. Um, so yeah, I was gonna say we should do like a ranking for Fantasyland of like our favourite rides. So I can safely say that with this episode, Peter Pan's Flight is number one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm trying to think though, what my favourite Fantasyland ride is. Well, don't give it away yet. No, I'm not, but I'm just having a, just having a think. It'll myself. be a quick little roundup for the last episode. We, did we do this ranking for Adventureland? No, I don't think so. It's something new I'm starting. Okay. What would be your ranking for Adventureland of the two attractions that are there? Um, Pirates. Number one. <laughs> Spoiler. Pirates. And then Indiana Jones. But Indiana Jones. So it goes Pirates and then there's like a gap of like five numbers and then Indiana Jones. I agree. I think we put like the walk from Pirates to Indiana Jones is like number two. I do want to go on Indiana Jones again because I, I'm a bit braver now. I'm a bit braver. You know what I mean? And plus it was my first time on it and I always feel like the first time you go on a coaster, especially if it has a loop, it really does just take it out of you. Yeah. And you can't really concentrate on anything else that's happening because you're just like, oh my God, I'm going to upset you. So I feel like I need to experience it again. It's just it's so far away and I just, it's just such a waste of land. And we talked about this. <laughs> it's also been closed the last few times you've been there. Yeah, so. closed for a long, long, long time. Long, long time. Long, long time. Long, long time. But anyways, what would you give Peter Pan's flight out of five? Oh, I thought you were going to say ten. I was going to say eight. So if you say five, I'm going to say four and a half. Oh, okay. It's pretty standard. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, in terms of Disneyland Paris, the only thing I'd like to improve is the queuing situation. Yes. Not necessarily that it's really long. I understand that it's really long and that's fine. But like the queue. Because like I know how cool the queue can be because I've seen videos of it. Yeah. Just bring it to Disneyland Paris. Yeah. Because it's kind of shoved in a bit of an awkward area. And if you just expand it just a teeny tiny bit. Yeah. You can have cool. I think 4.5 is is pretty. There's all, there's room for improvement. There's it's always room for improvement. pretty damn good. But yeah. there's room for improvement. I agree. Fair. Guys, we did it. We got through the first. We got through the first attraction fantasy land. Yay! And just, it's just going to keep on coming, guys. It's just going to keep on coming. Um, in a fortnightly in a fortnightly way we might depending on how many how many newses there are depending on what the news is like we might um be able to amalgamate some together depending on how interesting they are and how many fun facts we have agreed so yeah i think that's everything guys yeah one thing that we did want to do so obviously because we are not gonna have a podcast every week for the first few weeks of the year sad face um, what we thought we might do is whenever we do do an episode is that we each give you a recommendation of a podcast that we're listening to. Chances are they will not be Disney related, just an FYI. But if you're just a, a general podcast fan and you would like some new stuff to listen to, we thought we'd give you a recommendation um, each of what we're listening to. Because me and Kate listen to very different podcasts. We do. <laughs> They're very different. So what's your podcast recommendation, Kate? My one, sorry, I'm just making sure I got the right name. My one's called One Shot. Okay. So it's one I've literally just started listening to. Excellent. If anyone knows of the Try Guys on YouTube. Yes. They recently did a video where they tried Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. It's gas. So the video itself is only like 17 minutes long. But they did it with the guy who runs the One Shot podcast. Okay. And so the One Shot podcast just goes through role playing games. 
so RPG board games, which apparently there's hundreds of them. In my mind, it was just Dungeons & Dragons, okay. but they're currently on episode 338. So they spend about four episodes on like one game okay. and they have new players every week and such and such, but they're releasing the full four hours of the Dungeons and Dragons. Um, oh, good Lord. What's it called? What are they called? Story? No. I have no idea. Um, campaign. They're doing the full four hour campaign that they did with the Try Guys and they're releasing one hour every week. So they're okay. a week. They're also a weekly podcast, and so they've already released the first three hours. So that's how I got into them. But I've also listened to a bits of some other ones, and it's just very interesting if you're into storytelling in any way, which is basically what RPG board games are. It's very interesting, and it's nice to sort of nice little form of escapism because, as if anyone's ever listened to any form of like RPG board game, like you basically make the story up as you go. So it's it's quite fun to listen to. Okay, fair. That's mine. Very, di- not what I was expecting in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, because all the, all the other ones, all the most of the other ones I have, we've I've talked about previously. Yeah. Or you're not subscribed to a lot of podcasts. No, because I don't have a lot of time. Also, this is only my pocket casts. I listen to a lot on Spotify. Oh, so. uh, okay, fair. Like my pocket casts are full of like my Patreon ones and also ones that I couldn't get on Spotify. Fair. I switch and shot a lot. What? Okay, you know what I mean. But yeah, one shot. Look them up. Um, my one is, I'm going to go down a very different route. I was explaining this podcast to Kate earlier, um, and I think I kind of gave her the heebie-jeebies. This one oh, is... Oh, I can't believe we're talking about it again. Don't give any details. I, don't, I have to go to bed. I don't want to, I don't want to be thinking about them. I won't. As you guys know, I like everything creepy and Halloween-y and all that kind of good stuff. So I recently started listening to a podcast called Real Life Ghost Stories. Um, it's by a guy and a girl. The girl's name is Emma. I think his name is Dan. He's British. She's Irish. And they basically go through different paranormal phenomenons. So they went through the Dear David story, which was big on Twitter back in 2017. They talk about the Banshee. They talk about Black Eyed Kids, all that kind of stuff. And they do a bunch of, bunch of research. They find different like real life stories from Reddit and Twitter and Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Um, not for the faint of heart. I inadvertently started listening to the Banshee one at like midnight the other night and then could not sleep for the longest time. So just bear that in mind. Might not be for everybody. But if you like anything kind of paranormal, anything kind of spooky spooky or anything like that, would highly recommend it. It's a really great podcast. And they do actively try and debunk. Right. Debunk them as they go. Um, but there's been a couple where they have okay. not been able to find a reason. Okay, cool. Great. Bye, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.